Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is brought to our church by our worship pastor, Brian Self. We hope that this message will be an encouragement to you, and we would love to hear how God used it in your life. Uh, We have been going through this series, as you know, Reality Check. I think Pastor hadn't originally intended it for it to be a series, uh, and then it just kind of ended up that way. And uh, so the kind of main verse we've been looking at in total is this verse in 2 Corinthians 4. Well, we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And just kind of looking through uh, some of these different things with a reality check. We looked at uh, the original one with heaven and hell, the reality that both heaven and hell are real. And so that should affect how we interact with others in our life. And uh, it should affect how we live knowing that the afterlife is coming. Uh, Then we looked at another reality check, uh, looking at the Bible and looking at how important and how vital it is for our everyday life. And uh, then I believe it was last week, uh, Fountain Senior preached uh, yet another reality check on walking in the Spirit and how uh, if we have all of the other things but we're not walking in the Spirit, we're going to be doing it powerless. And it's only through the power of the Holy Spirit that we are able to uh, witness to others. It's only through the power of the Holy Spirit that we're able to understand Scripture. And so uh, based on the fact that we're doing another reality check and uh, via a text that uh, Hannah Fountain sent to the rest of the staff last week, I have titled this week's uh, sermon, Uno Mas Reality Check, One More Reality Check. And uh, we're going to be in Philippians chapter 4. So if you want to turn in your Bible to there, uh, we were just here maybe two weeks ago on Sunday night uh, in Philippians 4. But Pastor wanted us to uh, look at this particular passage again as it relates to reality check prayer. You see, the world's reality says rely on yourself your ingenuity, your strength, your resources, your counselors, your friends. Just rely on everything having to do with you. Uh, I think of a few years ago on one of the morning talk shows where there's several ladies on it. Uh, They said, it's fine to talk to God. It's fine to pray, uh, talk to God, as long as he doesn't start talking back to you. Uh, The thought is just, okay, when you pray, it's just a formality. It's nothing real. Uh, You just focus on yourself. The world says, since every prayer to God doesn't get answered how you want, just rely on yourself. The world would say, okay, if God's not going to be a genie in my life, if it's not going to be, I pray that so-and-so gets healed immediately of their cancer, and if he doesn't get healed immediately of his cancer, well, either God doesn't exist and I shouldn't pray anymore, or God doesn't do everything I want, and so I shouldn't pray anymore. But the fact of the matter is that God is a person. He is real. He is not just, uh, you know, a a divine, trying to think of the thing you put in money, you press a button, you get soda. Oh, divine vending machine. He's not just a vending machine that we get to demand whatever we want from him. Prayer is talking with God. It's talking to God. And we'll see some different things tonight that we uh, should be praying for. Uh, But... It's this relationship with God, and it's vital in our lives. So again, Philippians 4, 6, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, 
Let your requests be made known unto God. Let's open up in a word of prayer and uh, dive right into this for tonight. Dear Lord, thank you so much for uh, being a God that hears our prayers. Uh, Lord, we know that um, you don't always answer them how we would want them to be answered, but we know that you hear us. And God, thank you for that. God, thank you that you didn't just create the world and leave us alone, but you want to be involved in our every day. And so, God, we ask that as we dive into your word tonight, that you would be glorified, that you would help us to see our need for prayer and the joy and the confidence that we can have in it. We love you, Lord, and we pray all of this in your name. Amen. So we're going to look at just a couple of things tonight about prayer. The first of these is how Jesus prayed. The very first fact is that Jesus prayed, showing that the need of prayer is universal to every person. If God himself in the flesh needed to pray, then you and I need to pray. There is no person on earth that's like, oh, you know, I have a good enough relationship with God. I don't need to pray anymore. Uh, there's no one that can be like, okay, I, I know enough. My life is good enough where I don't have to pray for anything. If even Jesus prayed, we absolutely have to pray. Uh, some of these times when Jesus prayed is in John 11, 41 and 42. Uh, this is at really kind of the post-funeral of Lazarus. Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me, and I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. Jesus prayed in John 17, 1. Really, the whole chapter of John 17 is a prayer of Jesus to the Father. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee. And he goes on and on in that chapter. In Mark 14, we see him praying in the garden of Gethsemane. He says, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. So we see first that Jesus prayed, so all of us have a need for prayer, if even God himself prayed. But also we see that Jesus taught, and he taught some specific things about prayer. He taught that prayer needs to be persistent, tenacious, simple, humble, and concerned mostly with God's kingdom. We can see where he taught that prayer needs to be persistent in Luke 18.1. He spake a parable unto them to this end that men are always to pray and not to faint. God doesn't just want us to pray one time and then go, okay, well, I guess I've used up all of my prayers for my life or I've used up all of my prayers for uh, you know, a loved one's healing. I've used up all of my prayers for someone's salvation. Instead, God wants us to come again and again and again to his throne. Uh, we can see this in the tenacious prayer of Luke 11. Jesus says, I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, ask and it shall be given unto you. Uh, seek and ye shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. Next, we see that Jesus taught that our prayers should be simple in this way. Matthew 6, 7, and 8. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. So what Jesus isn't saying in this passage is, okay, you can pray, you know, whatever prayer one time and then you have to be done. 
You can pray, Lord, please heal Fountain Senior, and then that's it. That's the only time you can pray. No, vain repetitions here is if you're just doing things over and over and over again in a rut without any meaning, without any meaning. When we pray, it's simple in the sense of we don't have to pray in some old language in order for God to hear us. We don't have to use uh, thou and thine in order for God to hear us. In the same way, uh, we also don't have to have however many words in our prayer. I think back to school when you had to have, you know, a, a full paragraph or a five paragraph essay. You had to have a thousand words. It's not that way in prayer. If you just have a simple prayer in your heart, I think of the prayer of Nehemiah that Pastor mentioned on Sunday, where even in the presence of the king, he just prayed, Lord, please give me strength in the presence of this man. Uh, even short prayers that are meaningful and simple can be brought to God. Aren't you thankful for that? Uh, I'm not always in, you know, maybe the state of mind or even the right state spiritually where I can pray really long prayers to God that have all the right words, but I can pray a simple prayer. I can pray, God, I need help. God, please help me. But we also see that God wants a humble prayer. Uh, we can see in Matthew 6, 13, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. It's realizing who God is versus who we are. I think back again to the prayer of Nehemiah in Nehemiah chapter one, where he prays and asks God, Lord, I know that I and my people have sinned. I and my fathers have sinned. It's realizing, God, you are great and I am not. When we come to God, we're not coming from a place of, Lord, you, you really owe me a lot of things. God, you really, uh, I really deserve for you to give me everything. Instead, we come to God humbly and say, Lord, uh, if you want to answer this, like that's, that's to your glory, it's your will, but I'm coming simply asking. And then we can see in Matthew 5, 9 and 10 that our prayer should be concerned with God's kingdom. It says, after this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And uh, for this point, uh, I've often heard it said, many times we spend more time praying for saints to be kept out of heaven than we do sinners to be kept out of hell. And uh, while it's definitely a biblical thing, as we'll see later, to pray for healing uh, in our lives and in the lives of those we know, our concern in prayer should mainly be, Lord, how can we pray that others would be saved? How can we pray so that your kingdom would be advanced, that your church would be built? And in all of these things, we can see at the very beginning of the Lord's Prayer, he prays for God's kingdom to be advanced, not his own. Uh, we can, it can be very easy to pray, Lord, please give me a great big house and please give me a Tesla and please give me whatever else. But instead, we ought to be concerned with God's kingdom and not our own. Not only do we see first uh, how Jesus prayed, but we can also see our hope in prayer from scripture. And uh, the first thing that we see is the Spirit's intercession. In Romans 8, verses 26 and 27, it says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Uh, I love this truth. Um, 
I was talking with my dad earlier, and he had been uh, in, a, in a small group, in a study group that was going over prayer this week. And uh, someone had said in that group a quote that my dad really liked, and I really liked it too. When it comes to prayer, you can't mess it up. When you pray, uh, I love this truth in the verse, the Spirit helps our infirmities. We don't know what we should pray for as we are, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. God himself is helping our prayers to go to the Father, and really you could say he, he rephrases things so that uh, he's praying for the things that we should be praying for, the things that we should pray for as we ought. And so the Spirit... Uh, intercedes for us on behalf of the Father in our prayers. So because of that, you don't have to worry about, okay, man, if I, if I accidentally pray for the wrong thing, will God punish me? If I accidentally pray for the wrong thing, am I going to be in trouble with God? No. The Spirit himself helps us in our prayers. Not only that, but we see the Son's intercession. Just a few verses down in Romans 8, 34, it says, Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Uh, I love from uh, the accounts of the resurrection when Jesus appeared again to the disciples uh, that he still had something from before he was Uh, from before he was resurrected, he still had something. And that was the holes in his hands, the hole in his side, and the hole in his feet. There's a song that says, the only things in heaven made by man are the scars in the hands of Jesus. And uh, there's an old hymn, uh, the title uh, escapes me at the moment, uh, but it speaks about the intercession that Jesus makes for us. Um, Man, I cannot remember the name of it. Oh, it's not be still my soul. It is a hymn that I will remember later and it'll come to me. It's a great one. You got to read through the whole hymnal. It's somewhere in there. (laughs) Read through the whole thing. It's good. Uh, But in this... Uh, in this particular song, he talks about the scars in the hands of Jesus, that he reaches out to the Father and shows him the wounds that he bore for us. Uh, like the song we sang, that Jesus paid it all. So when we come to God in prayer, it's not that we have to try and uh, atone for all of our sins first, and then maybe God will listen to us. We don't have to uh, be uh, you know, do all the right things for a couple days in a row or a couple weeks in a row in order for God to hear us. Instead, we can know, hey, if I pray, I'm right with the Father again. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so when we come to the Father, we know that he hears us because Christ himself intercedes for us. The Spirit intercedes for us. And not only that, but we can see the certainty of God's answer in 1 John chapter 3. It says, hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence toward God. A little bit later in the passage, it says uh, that we know that he hears us because we are the children of God. And so if we know, hey, when I pray, the Holy Spirit is bringing my prayers to God on my behalf. He's telling God what maybe I don't know that I should be praying for. He's bringing it to God anyway. When it comes to the Father, Jesus is there interceding for me, saying, hey, he is your child. 
I am in his place. I have been made a child of God because of Jesus. And we know with a certainty that God hears us because we are his children. So that gives us hope in prayer. But not only do we see how Jesus prayed and how he instructed us to pray, not only do we see that we have hope in prayer, but we can also see some practices that we should have in prayer. We should be praying for those in our life. 1 Timothy 2 verses 1 through 6 say this, I exhort therefore that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. For kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. For there was one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. We should be praying for those in our life. I like kind of the summary that he gives here at the beginning of uh, this uh, this chapter and these verses that all sorts of things we should be praying for other people. Supplications, prayers, intercessions, giving of thanks. Uh, Pastor went through this uh, book, I think it was two years ago, and uh, loved kind of the details that he gave to some of this. Uh, but in this passage, he says, hey, any kind of prayer you can have, a prayer for other people to be saved, a prayer for other people's needs, a prayer for other people to be encouraged and to grow in you. All of these things you should be praying for other people. And you should be praying for kings and for all that are in authority. Uh, I do think it's uh, both interesting and kind of fun that he says both for kings and for all that are in authority. Because you know if he just said for kings, when it came to American Christians, we would have said, oh, if it's just kings, we don't have a king. So we don't have to pray for our congressman, our mayor, our president, our judges. But because he says for kings and for all that are in authority, it means even we have to pray for our leaders. And uh, I'm thankful that uh, when God says this command that we should be praying for others, there's a purpose. You can see it there in the verse that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. And when we're praying for others, we're going to have a life that is quiet and peaceable. Uh, if I'm praying for Leo, I'm probably not going to be as apt to want to punch him or to hit him. If I'm praying, yeah, I know. Uh, if I'm praying for uh, those in authority over me, I'm not going to be as likely to be a rabble rouser. I'm not gonna try and uh, fight in ways that I shouldn't fight uh, but it leads for us to be quiet and peaceable. And as we've seen throughout history has shown that when the people of God are loving and praying and doing what they ought to, seeing people saved as they ought to, that it reaps benefits all around them in the people that they know, uh, the governments that they are with. Uh, when we pray, it makes a difference. And there's also this secondary purpose in all of this. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. We pray, uh, as we talked earlier, concerned about God's kingdom and not our own. When we pray for others and we're seeking their salvation, it's going to cause us to want to witness to them. When we're praying for all men, we're going to want to maybe hand a track to that person at Winco or Walmart. We're going to want to witness to our neighbors. We're going to want to encourage some of our doctors or whatever that we interact with. And uh, it's all for the purpose of others coming to know Christ. 
Not only should we be praying for those in our life, but we should also be praying constantly. This is mentioned again and again and again in Scripture. Ephesians 6.18 says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. You can see that there's a lot of praying, always, all, all. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. 1 Timothy 2.8, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Uh, Carlos and I, a little bit earlier, were uh, recording our, our Bible study podcast episode for this week, and uh, he was reading in uh, 1 Kings chapter 8, and it's somewhere in that passage. Solomon's praying. He's dedicating the temple that he had just built to the Lord, and he does this very thing where he lifts up his hands toward heaven, and, uh, and he's praying. But as this verse says, we should be praying everywhere. If we're at our house, we should be praying. If we're at our job, we should be praying. If we're at the store, we should be praying. And uh, we should be praying for others, as we read earlier. But we should also be praying for our growth. And uh, this is a good thing to be praying for. We should pray that we would love others. Philippians 1.9 says, This I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. We should pray that we would have peace. Uh, these verses that we read at the beginning, be careful for nothing and everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Uh, for many of us, when we, when we lack in something, when we're not uh, maybe at the place where we want to be in our Christian life with all of the things that we would want to be, sometimes we can just go, oh man, yeah, I'm just, I'm not a very loving person. Uh, That's who I am. But, uh, you know, people stink. They're terrible. I don't really want to be loving. Instead of saying, oh, this is just who I am. This is just how I am. Instead, we should ask God to help us to grow. The Bible even says we can pray for healing. In James 5.13, it says, is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Uh, when we're sick, God does want to hear our prayer request. If we're praying everywhere, if we're praying without ceasing, there will be times when we come up against difficulties in our life where God wants to hear from us. We can also pray for our ability to witness. We can see this in 2 Thessalonians 3 and verse 1. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. Uh, I know for me, I, I'm comfortable in some scenarios talking with people about Jesus. Um, I'm very, very nervous in other situations. But in the times when I get nervous or when I go, man, this is, this is not my cup of tea. I'm not comfortable with this. I can pray and ask God to give me the ability to witness to others. God wants to answer that request. And as we talked about earlier, again, that's seeking the kingdom of God instead of our kingdom. We can pray one of two things maybe when we'd be scared to witness. We'd be like, God, take away my, my fear so that I'm not scared anymore. Or we can say, God, give me the ability to witness even through some of my fear and through some of my trepidation. Uh, we can also pray for our closer walk with God. First Thessalonians 5, it says, The very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, 
Sometimes we can think, okay, man, I've, I've really got to try my hardest to, uh, to do what's right. I've got to try my hardest to have a closer walk with God. And of course, God wants me to have a closer walk with him, but I got to try my hardest. Instead, we can realize that all of the power of walking with God comes by relying on his spirit, yielding to the spirit, walking to the spirit as we learned last week. But we can also ask God, Lord, I want to walk with you today. I don't want to fail you today. I want to have a good testimony to others. I want to have that healthy relationship with you. Not only that, but God tells us that we can pray for our daily needs. Right there in the Lord's Prayer in Luke 11, give us day by day our daily bread. And uh, I'm thankful that it's not just that God wants us to pray for the things that are about his kingdom. That's a good thing And I think all of us would realize, hey, we can be really, really selfish sometimes and we would only want to focus on our needs. But the Lord has made it so not only do we pray for the things that have to do with his kingdom, but he wants us to pray for our daily needs and realize every good thing that comes, comes from God. If I eat in the morning, that's from God. If I have clothes to wear, if I have a job to go to, if I have a family who I love and loves me, all of this is from God. Uh, the verse James 1.17 comes to mind. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Give us day by day our daily bread. I think also of the verse uh, as it kind of relates to even some of our hope and prayer, the fact that uh, Jesus was a high priest tempted like as we are, yet without sin, Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain help and find grace to help in time of need. When it comes to all of this, since Jesus prayed, the Holy Spirit and Jesus himself are are helping you as you pray and God commands you to, will you pray? It's really easy as we go through scripture, we can read countless verses telling us uh, to pray, to call on the Lord, to seek him. But it comes to tonight, when you're on your way back, when you are at your house, when you go to bed, when you wake up in the morning, when you get ready tomorrow, maybe when you go to your job, are you going to pray? As we mentioned earlier, you can't really mess it up while you're praying because the Holy Spirit himself is is interceding for you. Jesus himself is interceding for you. So you can know, hey, even if what I pray is imperfect, even if my heart in it is sometimes imperfect, I know that I have a perfect God who is working all things for my good and for his glory. So with this uno mas reality check, The question to you is, are you going to this week, over these next couple of days, are you going to make it a habit of, Lord, I'm going to seek your face. I'm going to pray to you. I'm going to follow some of these things that you've talked about in your word. And I want to follow you. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope it's been an encouragement to you. And if you'd like any further information about our church, We'd like to encourage you to visit mlbc.church.